0: Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are in the East Coast, Midwest, um, North, and you got pounded with snow last night, I hope you – well, I'm assuming you have power if you're listening to this, unless you're listening on your phone. But thanks for sharing the podcast. I want to remind you to visit our friends at Red Pill Prince, and uh, they are doing a great job with our merch. Over 24 items now you can look at and check out at everything from – winter hats to uh, hooded sweatshirts to coffee mugs and water bottles and T-shirts. So check that out. You can go to our website, standupforthetruth.com, and click on the word merch. I know it's only half a word, really, and uh, you'll that'll take you to the page. Also, some exciting guests coming up since maybe a lot of you have not checked out the website in a while. We've made some changes, I think upgrades, and it's easier to navigate, and in order to see the calendar of people that are scheduled in the next several weeks, you can just click on Upcoming. Upcoming will uh, tell you the guests that are going to be on the podcast, Lord willing. We, every now and then we have to reschedule somebody, but usually that's pretty consistent. Okay, so today, um, before we get into our guest and some of the topics today in Bible prophecy and other things, um, interesting case to keep an eye on. Um, a judge may find that the FDA violated legal safety protocols in their approval of chemical abortion, like teleabortion, and um, these companies, you know, promised to, to sell these certain drugs, right? But we're going to find out very, very soon whether they kind of uh, skipped a lot of important research or studies in order to just make, you know, these abortion pills available that's an interesting case. We'll see where that goes. Also, um, the revival. It seems like what happened in Kentucky and what's going on there. If you know, there was a revival in nineteen seventy, and the recent revival there. You know, I don't even want to tag it as revival because we need to see some fruit of the gospel being preached, of salvation, of repentance. You know, not necessarily in that order, but other campuses. There are some universities or colleges or places that they are starting to stir this kind of uh, revival spirit up. We'll see what happens. We may talk about that at the end of the podcast today. But we've got to talk about some very important things um, with Jonathan Brentner. He's back with us, Christian author, speaker, writer, former pastor. And he writes uh, his recent blog, uh, actually his weekly blog, is called Our Journey Home. And uh, one of his books is called The Triumph of the Redeemed. We've had him on to talk about that. He is writing some uh, new books, and he's always busy, always writing. He can read many of his articles at Harbinger's Daily. And uh, Jonathan, brother, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me, David.
0: You're welcome. Always good to catch up with you. And yeah. you're always writing and encouraging and edifying. And and um, I'm thankful that you are also sometimes having to call out those who are just not biblical but let's talk mm-hmm. about some of the books that you're working on you've actually you've got one that's done that's supposed mm-hmm. to come out in le- little less than a month tell us about that first
1: okay the the title of the book is cancel this what today's church can learn from the bad guys of the Bible and it's about living out the gospel with an eternal perspective and that becomes our best weapon against the cancel agenda and it's basically a book that can be used in in small groups or Bible studies and can be and there are questions at the end of each character. There are 13 chapters that deal with the various characters Mm. and there is a study guide after each chapter and it's also a book that can be given to um, the unsaved especially those who may be professing Christians but attend church where the gospel is not heard. Mm. It's a book that clearly explains the gospel and can help them understand the gospel message in, in, in light of the fact that they may be unsaved. And so, it's a book you can give to the unsaved, and it's a book that that can help believers live out the truth of the gospel.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, you said it's it's kind of like a workbook or study book. Can you explain that? Um, yes.
1: Yes, it, and the fact that it has study questions after each chapter. Is just One one page of study questions, so it's not really geared to be just a study book. It's geared to be written as a book that that you can enjoy for both men and women, I believe, because it talks about how these characters failed to live with a two-world perspective, an eternal perspective that, that I talk about in my first book, The Triumph of the Redeemed. Okay. It sort of shows... Um, how these bad guys of the Bible failed to appreciate that. They failed to understand God's mercy towards mm. them and towards other people.
0: Uh, excellent. We will definitely be having you on to talk about that when it comes out. And the projected date is March 21st, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Less than a month away. That's an exciting time as an author when you're getting close to the release and at, mm-hmm. such, a, at such a lengthy uh, process. Um but it's a good one. So is. you're also blessed to be able to work with Terry James. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. Um late last year Terry James invited me to um to co write a book with him and the title that that he has set for it is this, Hereafter, the glorious eternal life explained and explored, or explored and explained. And Terry James is, is, I can't say enough good things about Terry James. Yes. He's been uh, almost like a father in the faith to me the past year. I've, mm-hmm. He's been so encouraging and he invited me to write um, this book with him and, and I'm excited about it and it's gonna, you know, deal with with all the things that so many pulpits are so quiet about today. Thank you. And that's about, you know, what happens after the rapture, um our time with Jesus, the judgment seat of Christ, the you know, the the very supper of the lamb and our roles in the millennium and then the eternal state. And so what I see is it's going to be a book that'll have tremendous give tremendous joy to believers mm. as they realize that this life is not all there is, and we see it quickly going away with all the signs that the Lord is coming soon, or the tribulation period is coming, I should say, yeah. which means that the Lord is coming soon, but I believe that this will will give much hope and much joy to believers, you know, as long as he tarries until it's published, it'll it'll encourage them.
0: Yeah, excellent. Now, people can find out a lot more about Terry James at rapture com. That's mm-hmm. one of our 200 recommended resources that we have at standupforthetruth.com. There's one word and that is resources. If mm-hmm. you click on that, you can either go to our 200 resources that. and Jonathan, your website is on that, one of the trusted resources. Also, you can oh, click thank you. Uh, Harbinger's Daily is, is also mm-hmm. another option to click on. Uh, but let's go to your article now. Um, okay. This one was from last week, and I, I really like the way you laid this out. And now you've got a different title over on your website. I'm just going to share that um, over at your website. It's called Deadly Delusions Five Lies The Globalists Want You to Believe. And of course, mm-hmm. Harbingers, we give them permission to change our uh, articles that we write, and they change the title. They can, hey, as long as they, they publish them, they can do whatever they want over Mm -hmm. at Harbinger's Dale. I love those guys. Uh, It's called Imposing Their Will on the Unsuspecting, Mm -hmm. Examining the Deadly Delusions of the Elite. So, why did you decide to write on this topic today, or this week?
1: Um, It was because what I see happening is that, you know, there are most of the people in America, and I assume around the world, really do not want what the the globalists and the elite are imposing upon the world, That's right. but what I see happening is that there are many ways that they are going to impose their will, and in hmm. some ways, the the title on Harbinger's Daily is, is accurate pretty because it says mm. that these globalists are imposing their will. Yes. And I just wanted to alert people to the ways that, that it's happening and so that they can be on the guard against it, but also realize there's hope because the Lord Jesus is coming
0: for us. Well, let's talk about that the idea, Jonathan, of the globalists imposing their will on the unsuspecting. Because a lot of people on the left, the Marxists, the Democrat socialists, the environmentalists, the globalists, they are apparently on board with what the globalists are trying to do. They just don't, I don't think they fully understand. So they're not exactly unsuspecting. I think they're more ignorant. Your thoughts on that?
1: Um, yes, well, obviously, there are a great number of people who are who are on board, and maybe perhaps those who are on board a little unsuspecting. Mm. but what I'm was thinking about is the the <clears throat> mainly a lot of people, a lot of Christians who attend church, a lot of the people, the everyday people you run into that are not given to the extreme ideologies of our day, and they're the ones that. That really don't see the danger that's there. And so I guess I'm writing for them because, yes, there are a great number of people who are all on board with the ideology of the left, and there are a great number who are I'm bored with it, but don't fully realize the yes. deception they're involved in. So you're absolutely right.
0: Yes, and by the way, those that are on board, I, they—I don't think they understand the the consequences that we will reap should we continue no. to go down this road, and and should they continue to be allowed to impose their will. I know uh, Biden just signed over uh, some of our sovereignty, and when it comes to an emergency order or pandemics to the World yeah. Economic Forum. And so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my goodness. So to give them more power it uh, is actually unbelievable. But this is what's happening, and I don't think a lot of people realize how close we are. And you write, quote, for over a century, the globalists have been putting the pieces in place mm-hmm. for the coming new world order, and it's coming to fruition. So Jonathan Brentner, talk to us about the first delusion out of five that you see that are uh, of the elite that we're dealing with.
1: Okay, a, a lot of stuff you read about um, the globalists, they'll talk about, oh, we want a worldwide democracy. And if you go to the W, the World Economic Forum website, you'll see, yes, we want, we want a worldwide democracy. But what they really want is is something that's much more tyrannical that'll enslave people, and you know a video appeared on the WEF website, World Economic Forum website, you know, and I watched it many times. It has a young person says, "You own, you own nothing and be happy," <laughs> and this is kind of the mindset that they own nothing and be happy. And I want to touch base on something else you said that <clears throat> a lot of people. That are all on board with this don't realize the future that's ahead for them. And one thing that I've written at times is that, that even these, these globalists like, like Schwab and and others who are at the head of this movement, I think when the Antichrist comes to power after the rapture, I think he's, he's not going to share power with them. I think they're, Mm -hmm. I think they're Big awakening will come when they realize that that he's taking over, and these guys that help bring in the bring in his kingdom are going to be done away with, killed, or, or whatever. I don't, you know, the Antichrist is not going to share power with these globalists who are bringing in his kingdom now, and so, and so in that sense, a lot of them are in for a rude awakening mm. when when he comes.
0: Amen, brother. I, and I just want to emphasize this quote. From your article, it's by a geopolitical analyst. Uh, His name is Peter Koenig, and he said in part, part of the quote in your article, though the words democracy and freedom are always in the forefront, they are hardly applied. They are merely the deed of nonstop propaganda for something that isn't. And to continue the quote, he says, this false truth has brainwashed Almost every Western citizen, we are being gradually enslaved while still believing we're living in a democracy. The W.E.F. is part of the steady flow of propaganda, but also a master tyrant. Excellent quote. Brother, please expound Mm -hmm. on that a little bit.
1: Yes. um, Peter Coining. I think that's how you say his name, I'm not sure. Anyways, he... Is someone who's not a believer, and I guess I go to see what he has to say because mm-hmm. he's someone that that seems to agree with our mindset, but unfortunately, he's not uh, doesn't believe in the Lord Jesus or the future that that we have and in Christ. And I was first amazed by something he said he was talking about the kingdom of the Antichrist. He didn't call it that. This mm. this world thing that was come, this world kingdom that was coming. And he referred to it as the beast that was arising. And I thought he's using the terminology of the books of Daniel and Revelation he's not even a believer but he is someone who has been part of the of the World Bank and also part of the World Health Organization but he's come out of there and so he's just sort of a fascinating person yeah. um to to get the perspective of someone who's not a believer but yet sees the same things that we as believers do see
0: well, we're very fortunate, brother, you and I, um, sometimes uh, preach to the choir in that we are, we are trying to edify and e- equip and inform the remnant, but the remnant, many of them, and we use that word and I don't mean to throw it around loosely, but uh, solid Bible believing Christians that uh, stand on the whole counsel of God and believe in Bible prophecy and, um, have the right worldview, they understand these things are happening, but we like to explain them for people that are still kind of playing catch-up, because maybe for years they have not been paying attention. But one conclusion, before we go to the second uh point, the delusion number two, is that these people, these power elites and the globalists, their true intent is a totalitarian Marxist one-world government. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, before we get to the second point, I'm thinking of youth today. Who are really sold in, on this, and they go all out on, for example, climate change. They're yeah. all pro environment. They are raised in in many ways to be social justice activists through the education system, through Hollywood, through the corporations, through our government, and and uh, through the influences today. Social justice is a big thing. So they are their activism. One of them is environmentalism, saving the planet, and they don't understand the totalitarian. Marxist agenda of this one world government. They think they're doing something good for humanity, but they're Mm -hmm. going to be under this control should this continue going down this road.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be in for a huge disappointment once they realize the true intent of those who... Those who are controlling them, and one thing I've always said is that that some of these underlings, I guess i can been calling that, you know they care more for the environment than those who are leading the the charge for you know for this green earth to mm-hmm. save the planet. Those who are leading the charge for it don't really seem to care about the environment. You see this in a number of ways, but unfortunately that. Those under them they think they're just and following them when they really they're they're missing the boat, yeah. really, so
0: badly well, let's go to delusion number two: digital okay. currencies we've heard a lot about this, mm-hmm. they are convincing trying to convince people that digital currencies will be advantageous and uh, just share with us your thoughts on that
1: um yeah, this is one way i I believe that um the elite will impose their will because they'll bring it in. You know, maybe gradually. I'm not sure. I know that there was a test run in the United States of this. I know that there are several countries who have gone to this, and some predict that it'll come to America or the United States during this year, during 2023, and we don't know, you know, how how pervasive that will be? Is it going to be something that, <clears throat> that completely does away with all cash right away? Or will it be something that will gradually come, come in? But anyways, it, at first it'll seem just like using a debit card where <clears throat> where somehow you'll have this store of money and you'll be able to spend it the way you please. Mm-hmm. But the thing about digital currencies, um, the central bank digital currencies, I should say, is that um, the state will have absolute control over how you spend your money at a later time because they talk about it being programmable is that is though that is a good thing but what it means is that they'll see everything you spend your money on and they'll be able to set parameters on their on their computers that if you don't Spend the money the way they like, then you may have less money. And there's even talk about in the future, and I think this will happen after the rapture, that, that there will be a time where, well, if you don't use all your money in a, in a, a certain time period, then you'll lose it. So you'll be given money, but you have a, a time period in which you need to spend it. And so, when it comes when it first comes out it's going to seem like a great idea it's going to to do away with a lot of fraud and a lot of deception in the in the banking industry that that happens and with stolen identities and so forth but in mm. the end it'll be a trap because everybody because the state will be able to control what people spend
0: yes and you know i i really thought during covid Um, I really thought people were going to fall for this and being taken advantage of. When they Mm -hmm. started – notice they started – I don't know who they is. I'm just saying we noticed Mm -hmm. uh, coins were being taken out of circulation in some places. Some banks were doing this because of the, the, I guess, germs and and dirty money, right? So they were trying to do whatever they could so that we would go cashless, so that we would go digital – and I really thought they would have made more progress, but they didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're talking about now we're, we're talking about this, uh, central bank digital currency. So, Jonathan, you say, um, I think I heard you say that you think it might be gradual, but you could be wrong. It could be something like a major world event where s- all of a sudden, uh, something happens. Can you explain the possibilities there that we are just, just not sure we're going to see?
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> Well, I'm not sure that we'll see how much control the government will exert over our spending before the rapture it may we may see it, we may not, we just don't do not know. Mm-hmm. What I believe will happen in the future is that, you know, all these individual nations will come up with their own central bank digital currency okay. and eventually it'll it'll become um, the only way you can, um, earn and spend money will be through this digital currency. And we just do not know how pervasive that will be at first. But under the guidance of the Antichrist, or, be, or perhaps early in the tribulation with these globalists, mm. they will, they will combine them into one. In other words, you won't have all these individual nations with the, uh, with their digital currencies, it'll all become a worldwide currency. Mm. And that'll set the stage, of course, for the, the mark of the beast. Yes. It'll enable the Antichrist to, to control selling worldwide. Because if you have cash, he cannot do that. You know, he cannot control the buying and selling, if you can go to a restaurant and pay for it in cash, or go to a store and pay for your expenses with cash, he can't control that. But he, but if he can eliminate cash by the midpoint of the tribulation, mm. then he can control all buying and selling. And so I think, you know, why why I say that it might be gradual, but I'm not sure, is because You know, he doesn't have to have the system completely in place until well into the seven-year tribulation, Mm -hmm. which means that we just do not know how much of it we will see before
0: the Lord takes us home. One interesting point in in your delusion number two, and we've seen this, people being penalized if they don't uh, give to the right causes or spend their money in what they deem, the left of mm-hmm. uh, the globus deem appropriate ways we've seen a little bit of this with people being canceled if you give money to pro-life causes they're not going to approve mm-hmm. of that talk a little bit more about that before we go on that, that that people may be penalized for spending their allotted funds in socially unacceptable ways
1: well we see this happening in china all the time yes and i think of the the my pillow guy mike lindell i mm-hmm. think yeah you know that that several stores have taken his pillows out of their store and no longer sell them, yeah. so he's lost uh, millions of dollars in revenue just because of this cancel culture that because of what he believes, people mm-hmm. are not going to sell his goods. Amazing. And, and that may be just a, a forerunner
0: of things to come. Yeah. Well, let's jump over to a delusion number three. Vaccine passports mm-hmm. will we'll only store medical information now that we know that's not true but that's a delusion that people some people believe tell us a little bit more about that
1: um yes, and i i think you know interestingly enough and i have a quote regarding naomi wolf is that she was the first person this was maybe one or two years ago that that i read who spoke up about that and was warning people about that and what i thought Was so amazing about that was Naomi Wolf was always associated with uh, the Clintons and far left agenda. And here she is sounding like a conservative. (laughs) That (laughs) that surprised me. But you know, she alerted people to the fact that oh no, you know this vaccine passport, if it gets going, is going to contain all your information, and it's going to be available to everyone as far as those who seek to control us so that they can control us.
0: Yeah, and and you quote her in a town hall article where it's talking about what she said, and she believes that the real threat is the government's access to personal data of millions of Americans, and this, she says, will lead to the end of civil society because it has the power then, the government, to... Turn off your life. I mean, think about that. Think about a flip of the switch. Think about if Mm -hmm. everything goes digital. They have the power then to uh, impact what you're doing online or your, you know, what do you call it? Your debit card, how you use your money. So that's very interesting that it, it takes someone on the left to understand and point that out. And then maybe more people start paying attention because they're not calling her a conspiracy theorist, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, Jonathan, um, we just have a couple minutes left, but you also write about the abusive use of information. We've already seen this. We've already seen for several years our own government, um, whether you you want to put the deep state in there or the Marxists in our government, the they want to redefine what is true and what is, quote, misinformation. They They had a campaign where they were telling people, no, 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 no. That's whatever they believe on the right. That's conspiracy theories. That's misinformation. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the abusive use of information that will become nightmarish for those left behind after the rapture. So that what we've seen start up since the Biden mm-hmm. administration started de- declaring what is information and misinformation, it, this is going to be on hyperdrive or on steroids after the rapture. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, yeah, I think that you know we already see some of that right now, as you point out, with with what's going on. But I think after the rapture, especially as the the elite gain more control, and I mm. believe they will be able to do that. Is there's the restraining restraining of the Holy Spirit is completely taken away. In some ways, I think he's kind of backing off already, but when that's completely taken away already, and you have this nightmarish condition because of the rapture that, that, um, <clears throat> that he'll, they'll gain more control. And there was a movie from several years ago called The Net with um, Sandra Bullock. And anyways, that Arctic. That was that was long ago, before before smartphones and anything else. But but someone was out to get her, and they and they. They went in and took her identity away, her yeah. all her money, her bank accounts, and she's on, she's on the run. I remember. And that, that was kind of an example of the of the nightmarish things that that will happen to many people during the the tribulation. I believe. You know,
0: the net. I remember that. That's that's a good movie to go back and watch sometime because it, it's it was almost well, it's almost prophetic. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. they really understood. Uh, but in order for them to use their imagination, put it out there, and Hollywood does that a lot, sometimes they get it right. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm getting off track here a minute, but, but I think of the movie Outbreak with, uh, I think it was Dustin Hoffman, and, and uh, I don't remember who else was in there, Rene Russo. Uh, that was fascinating in how the government started to control uh, this, this um, uh, cure to a virus that was caused by this monkey that came out from mm-hmm. over from Africa and people were dying and it was airborne it's fascinating how uh, mm-hmm. sometimes hollywood gets it right and kind of gets an, an idea of this is the way things could really happen but what year was that the net that was in the early 80s wasn't it when that came out yeah it's been a long time i don't remember but yeah. it was it was
1: before the time when using the Internet became so widespread as it is today. Right. And I know it was before smartphones and and all the access we
0: have today. So, friends, we are talking to Jonathan Brentner, and you can go visit his website and check out his blog. You can go to the jonathanbrentner.com. We're talking uh, about his article. We've got a couple more delusions to go when we're referring to uh, how the globalists are imposing their will. So what's another delusion coming up next? The pandemic treaty will be beneficial in stopping pandemics. Well, I think we know a little bit more about that now. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but Jonathan's got some thoughts on that and a lot more to, to come on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth. Yeah, we were talking off-air, uh, Jonathan Brentner and I, about uh, Russia and Ukraine and Zelensky, and uh, he's a bad dude, friends. Don't uh, don't let the media paint him in a positive light. Uh, he's evil. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit because delusion number five is... Uh, The idea, the lie that defeating Russia will lead to peace. And that's a lie. But anyway, they're getting people to believe that. So let's go back to number four now that we didn't get to, Jonathan, the pandemic treaty. Yeah, it's going to be a great thing. It's going to stop pandemics. And the World Mm -hmm. Health Organization is uh, involved here. Talk a little bit about that. Um,
1: I think you mentioned it in the very intro to the show, too. And it's something that um, the World Health Organization... Um, is, is trying to get passed, And excuse me, I believe it was Biden who who supplied the amendments that they're trying to yeah. get past. And yes. at first, you know, they were rejected, but they've been working behind the scenes to get these things in place. And what it will do is it will give um, the head of the World Health Organization the power to be- declare a pandemic and what should happen in in. Mm the countries under his power. In other words, it's giving him almost a one world government type of power already in a sort of it's a backdoor way into a one world government is what it really is. Because if you're the president of a country and you don't agree with, with what the World Health Organization is saying. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, they will be able to enforce it in your country regardless. You'll have to go along with it. And if, in the United States, if you're a, go- a governor who doesn't like the idea, from what I understand, you won't have a choice either that it'll be imposed even with military force. And so, yeah. It's really a backdoor entry into a one world government that, um, again, is deceiving people. It'll impose the world, of, it'll impose a one world government on people without their real knowledge or without their accepting
0: it. Let's help people understand this a little bit more because they're thinking, wait a minute, that, that means they would have global control of all these countries, including the United States. United States, how would they possibly be able to do that? Well, because we're really signing over, if this goes through, um, what the Biden administration has done under the guise of a public health emergency. It's almost like America says, "Okay, let's let's do whatever the World Health Organization, the WHO, whatever they put out as far as policy." We've got to follow because they apparently they know better, and they're going to be in charge of this. And if there's a pandemic or something else, can you elaborate a little bit?
1: Uh, yeah, and I don't fully understand how they're going to be able to enforce it. It's just that these member nations, well, the United States, you know, we, we have a, a government right now, an administration that's very, very tied into that, mm-hmm. and so they, you know, if the World Health Organization declares a pandemic. You no, know, they will follow through with, with enforcing that and enforcing the restrictions. And if a, um, and if a governor just doesn't happen to go along with it, then, then he's not going to be able to stop it. And it'll probably come in through the medical community too, because yeah. as we've seen so many in the medical community are so willing to go along with what the C D C says, what the World Health Organization says, and so as the hospitals and the medical community, you know, they will you know, they will also be carrying it out and so that'll limit the choices of free citizens as well.
0: Yeah, you say that in the article the dictates of the WHO would become law in uh, each country that signs on to this, and the globalists, you say, are liars, true, cold-hearted murderers, true, and mm-hmm. they j- just like the spirit that's leading them, and that's the spirit of the Antichrist. And uh, Jesus said in John eight forty-four, You are of your father, the devil, and you do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the, be- from the beginning. Um, Jonathan, I think we see this in the population control agenda where they're trying to kill people. Whether, oh, that, yes. w- whether that be in the womb, or whether that be euthanasia, or whether that be using something else, a um, mm-hmm. medical device or something to limit the population. We're seeing this under the guise of saving the planet, aren't we?
1: Yes, we are. And I, I really think that John eight forty four is a key verse that to keep in mind, because so many people, they don't recognize the spirit of the Antichrist at work, mm. and they don't realize that that these globalists do not have your best interest in mind. They're liars and they're killers. That's right. And it's exactly what what John what Jesus said in John eight forty four. And I know J V Hickson, who you have had on your show, you know, he wrote these books about the spirit of the Antichrist mm-hmm. and they're so good, but they're so right on. Yeah. It's the spirit of the Antichrist which is deadly. But people don't realize just the the full um deadliness, the full trap that they get into
0: with these guys. So, Jonathan, are you familiar with the Babylon Bee? Um, Yes, I am. Okay, so the very fascinating one came out a few days ago. It's got a picture of um, Joe Biden walking right next to Vladimir Zelensky, Mm -hmm. and I think when he visited there recently. And the headline, now this is the Babylon Bee, Mm -hmm. um, the headline is, President Biden arrives in Kiev for his performance review.
1: <laughs> That's not okay.
0: Yeah. So he's kissing up to the Zelensky, and I'm, a lot of Americans really don't understand why. I mean, there, people were the first. I mean, we we've got to pray for the innocent people in the Ukraine that have yeah. that, that are victims of this uh, Russia Ukraine war. There's innocent people. There's churches there. There's Christians. Christian brothers and sisters that have been impacted we need to pray for them that their faith would be strong and that Jesus would cover them and protect them and we've also got to pray for the most vulnerable there um, there's people without houses without you know electricity or heat or other things in Ukraine so our hearts go out to them but where their government is concerned the people in power there uh, I don't know why we continue to give them so much money when it doesn't help the people that are really needing it. But let's talk about your delusion number five is defeating Russia in Ukraine will lead to peace. Jonathan?
1: Yeah, and that's something that I assume because they really don't talk about why we must Defeat Russia and Ukraine. They just say that we have to do it. Mm. And it's, it is mind boggling why we send so much money and so many, so much armaments to them. And as I mentioned, it's almost like we're trying to start World War III. And in some ways, I believe we are, but it's, it's, you know, because I think a few, um, about a year ago, maybe more than a year ago, Biden said, oh, if we send them our, our best tanks, it'll for sure spark World War III. But recently he announced his intent just to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I recently heard within the last couple of days that we're thinking about sending, giving Ukraine missiles that will give, give them a, um, that have a range of 45 miles, which is something that again, is going to poke um, Putin in the eyes, in a sense. You know, it's going to aggravate him. And so it's it's a mystery, but the only thing I can think of is that um, Putin and Russia are a threat to the one-world government that the the globalists want to put in place, mm. and so you know they see they see Russia and China. And actually, there was one news report I read a while back where you know where Russia and China are thinking, you no, know, they want to be the ones to lead this one world government. And then on the other side, you have Klaus Schwab and and the Western allies who say, no, we want to lead this. And it's almost like they're fighting in Ukraine to see which one is going to prevail. Yeah. And it actually, Putin was a member of the World Economic Forum for a while, but now he's kind of their enemy at the present time.
0: Which is really interesting. And I want to say um, there's a lot about Putin we don't know. We know what the media tells us, we know what we can see from history. But he stands against a lot of the, th- the immorality that has been endorsed and is being celebrated in America. I mean, he stands yeah. against the whole transgender thing. He's against all kinds of things that we would say as biblical uh, Christians, we would go, wow, this guy, at least he's got some sense of morality when it comes mm-hmm. to what we would call social or political issues. But I don't want to get too far into the weeds here. I want to go back to something you say in the article,
1: okay. that this
0: war in the Ukraine has, has drained America's supply of military assets and has weakened our ability to to respond 100% if attacked. And you asked the question, we can speculate a little bit, Jonathan, could it Mm -hmm. be that the reason, one reason for the conflict in Ukraine in Russia is to weaken America and that the globalists would celebrate that? Talk about that. Well, yeah,
1: if you um, look at the World Economic Forum website, you know, they've they openly talk about the the fact that America will soon no longer be a superpower mm, that yeah. we will be very much diminished in in our strength and power and so and that is another thing that has to happen for them to to bring in their world government is that you have to have a a weakened America if you have a strong America and you have well let 's say president trump in in office that 's not going to happen you know we 're going to you know, President Trump has good things and bad things about him, but but one thing was that he was never going to allow a, a, a one world government. He was never going to allow America to be weakened like it has been, and so. But now you have Biden, and you see this slow erosion. You know, and I and it's going to take years to to replace some of the weapons and missiles and Tomahawk missiles that we sent. To um, to Ukraine to fight the Russians, it's going to take years. You know, we're not really prepared to fight. You know, a big war like we we were, exactly. and then the wokeism that has invaded our military is another thing that that is greatly weakening our ability to fight as well.
0: So before we get to some encouragement and some hope, Jonathan, yeah. you you also mm-hmm. quote uh, Leo Homan, who wrote about. Uh, America, 2023, sleepwalking into World War III. Share with us a few thoughts from that.
1: Um, yeah, I really, you know, these were some things that I was thinking about already. And then as I read Leo Holman's article, it seemed to, he seemed to be putting what was in the back of my mind into words. And, you know, and I like what he what he said about that, you know, is that China and Russia are both full-on War mode, mobilizing their economies, their armies, and navies for World War III with America. Notice I said America, not NATO. A NATO is America. And America is NATO, mm. along with its vassal states. You know, and it's almost like, like the like people are, are sleepwalking and mm-hmm. and. Pastors in churches are, are also asleep, even even ones that preach the gospel and are fantastic preachers yes. but they don't seem to be aware of the dangers that are out there with all these things, especially the threat of, of war, is we continually provoke Putin, you know, someday he's going to snap. It just seems to be the, it just seems to be that. And, and I know that, that many people believe that, that there will be great destruction in America, right? That'll happen at the time of the rapture. You know, we don't have any biblical basis for that, but I know a lot of people believe that.
0: Yeah, and uh, you write, and you you obviously bring it back to hope, the hope that we have. Because if people yes. spend too much time looking at the news and watching world events, which many of them are really prophetic in what's happening, but it, you can get overwhelmed by it. So you bring it back to the fact that God is in control and sovereign, right. not only over our lives and why we are here in 2023, but the fact that he controls the outcomes. Tell us about that.
1: Uh, yes and, and I didn't want to <clears throat> to just leave this post with on an, with ominous words about <laughs> Russia and Ukraine and World War <clears> three. <throat> I wanted to to bring it back to the hope that we have Amen. that Jesus is coming, and we don't know when um actually we've seen. Uh, more turmoil in this world than I ever thought we would see back when I first um, started writing about the rapture years ago and thinking about it. We've seen so much more turmoil and wickedness and lawlessness, but still... You know, still that's our hope. And what we see happening in this world is what, is what God said long ago would happen in this world. Mm-hmm. It's just that some of us didn't think we'd see so much of the perilous times as, yeah. as we do now. And, you know, and, and really, you know, the passages I list at the end, you know, 1 Corinthians 15, fifty to fifty five, First Thessalonians four, Philippians three, Colossians three, one to four are good passages to to go to. In fact, I go to the, to one of those passages every week just mm. as a reminder that this world is not all we have and that we have we have great hope
0: ahead for us. Amen, brother. And I want to go to Philippians three, twenty and twenty one, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Um, Mm -hmm. Another point, Jonathan, um, you say during these perilous times Deadly delusions. We've been talking about lies. We've been talking about people being fooled, not understanding the times, even some believers. Um, Mm -hmm. These delusions are increasing in popularity as biblical truth seems to be either ignored or really it's hard to be even found in some places. Even in some churches, they're walking away from the inerrancy of the Scriptures, the Mm -hmm. truth of the Bible, and they're going along with cultural trends, philosophies of this world, and they're trying Mm -hmm. to please man. So there are some warnings. There is some encouragement. Obviously, whenever you go to Scripture, what we have to look forward to and who we are in Christ and the fact that we have the Holy Spirit, but there are some warnings that, friends, even in the church, many are starting to compromise and be deceived because of maybe what's popular. So we we have to be warned about that, that we are Mm -hmm. not to conform to the world's ways, but be transformed. So uh, your thoughts on being being transformed, how do we do that? Um, it's through, through the
1: Bible, Bible reading, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Those are the, the key aspects of it. And mm. and what's happened in, in our nation, I can speak to our nation the best, obviously, yes. is, is that we've gotten away from Scripture and the foundation of the Bible. Mm. You know, Amen. Bible knowledge is just, on downhill so much, even in churches, you know, we you know, it's not the foundation it used to be. People need to get back into God's Word and yes. to reading it every day, Amen. and looking to it for, for encouragement and hope, and in going to passages that you know, so many Christians are, are struggling with things that that are going on in their lives, but yet. They're kind of ignoring mm-hmm. the promises of God's Word. And I know that when I went through the difficult times that I talked to in my first book, The Triumph of the Redeemed, you know, it was just going to Scripture. I remember mm-hmm. that. I, you know, I read Psalm 27, I think, every day for maybe one or two months, just you know looking at that and just going through that and reading it and memorizing portions of it, you know and that 's what that 's one of the things that the Lord used to help me get through the very difficult times I went through, and that 's why we need the scripture so we 're not tossed to and fro like like Paul talks about in ephesians four by every wind of doctrine
0: amen, tossed to and fro that's a that 's a good visual if you think about the tumultuous times, the storms of life, and even cultural storms, even yeah. uh, well, the threat of globalism and the uncertainty of the future. These are kind of stormy, uncertain times. But we are not to be tossed like that. We are to be rooted and grounded in the truth. And, frankly, we're, I'm so thankful that we are blessed to know the truth. We, we know we can stand on something that has an unshakable Foundation, um, Jonathan. We just have five minutes left, but I want to yeah. just re- remind people. You wrote a great article uh, several weeks ago um, called "There Is a Table in Today's Churches That Needs Overturning," and it's about mm-hmm. replacement theology. There's one of those things that I don't get it how people can go down that road and, and have the church replace Israel. Um, I just I don't fully understand by just reading the scriptures you can come to that conclusion but can Can you you speak, speak a little bit about that because that's one of those end time deceptions and delusions isn't it
1: oh it absolutely is And like you, I'm just amazed, because as I I read through Scripture, I just see passage after passage that confirms that God has a plan for Israel. And, you know, and as I'm especially working on the book Hereafter, I keep running across these passages that talk about about God's plan, God's purposes, and when He comes, and for Israel, and for their um, turning to Christ. And, you know, you look at... The Book of Zechariah, for for example, all the prophecies regarding his first coming were fulfilled exactly mm. as the prophet said they were, they would be. But then you get to the prophecies regarding his second coming, and somehow they have to be allegorized, as symbolism, <laughs> and it's just it's just inconsistent. It's inconsistent Bible um, interpretation that leads to these things.
0: Yes, it is, and it's it's just and also a lack of understanding. You said something very important. Um, a couple minutes ago, you alluded to that scripture. I believe is in Hosea, where God said, "My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge," mm-hmm. and, and that's not worldly knowledge, friends. That's that's understanding what the Bible teaches in light of world history and where we are today, and perceiving what what God is doing and what He has done. And there's such a lack of knowledge, and, and if and a lot of people are in that category, and that's taking them down the wrong road as well because there's just seems like the ignorance is off the charts don't you think
1: oh yeah it, it really is and and that's why we need pastors who will um boldly talk about these things well first of all they have to believe these yeah. things <laughs> yeah, start but, there <laughs> yeah and that's a problem for many hmm. but it's so sad that a lot of the pastors who believe in replacement theology are excellent preachers they're fantastic speakers in that really draws a lot of Christians into their churches, but they never hear um, about the hereafter. They never hear about what God has planned for them. And it always frustrates me so much when I hear yeah, hear a pastor, you know, talk about the gospel, and he's right on with the gospel, but there's not one word about eternal life. It's it's all this life, and that that mm-hmm. really bugs me. Yeah,
0: you, <laughs> you know, know what? That's I agree, Jonathan. That's one of my pet peeves as well. Here, and that I think um, we can say a lot about topical sermons, um, and and how you can sound more like a it can sound more like a a self help session. Or a mm-hmm. seminar you would hear on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, rather than equipping the saints by going verse by verse through the scriptures in God's Word and just mm-hmm. expounding just some key biblical truth that we need. to. Yeah. The, the sheep need to be fed, right?
1: Yeah. And- a lot of these pastors are going verse-to-verse, verse, but it's in the Old Testament. You know, a lot of the churches in the area where I live, I kind of check to see what's going on, and a lot of them are in the Old Testament. So, yeah, they can say, yeah, we are going verse-to-verse, verse, and some of them do our truth to the gospel, but there's nothing about eternity.
0: Mm. Well, that's, we're going to spend the rest of our lives there after this life is done. Yeah, we are, yeah, we are eternal beings. And, uh, that's, that's one truth that's get, that gets missed. Everybody, whether you believe in Jesus Christ and have repented and pit, placed your faith in him, or if you have not, everyone lives forever because we are spirits and we are, we will live forever. We will fortunately get different bodies. Thank God. Read yeah, about that. In yeah. first, <laughs> first, first Corinthians 15. I was reading about that this morning. Um, and that's that's an encouragement to me too. And isn't it Jonathan? The older we get, we go to passages like that and we'll go, Thank God for glorified bodies one day, right?
1: Oh yes, I just turned <laughs> seventy.
0: And well, so, no yeah, way.
1: So, Are you kidding? Yep, oh, yep, I just turned seventy, so yeah, that is that is a passage I go to often. to wow. learn. The Lord has blessed me with good health and strength, both my wife and I. But yeah, you know, and Yeah, and and Terry James is even older than I am, but the Lord just keeps working through him. And and, yeah, and so, yeah, who would have thought that at age 70 I would be, I would be, that the Lord would would be allowing me to serve him in the way that I am serving him and that he would work through me in the way he works through me.
0: Well, praise God, we never retire. If you're Christians, and I don't care how old you are, you never retire from from God's work. But you don't look or sound anywhere near 70, but praise God for you and your ministry, Jonathan. I want to send people to your website which is jonathanbrentner.com and you can check out his great articles as well over at Harbinger's Daily. And brother, we need to um book a date uh off air. We will email back and forth and get a date booked when your uh when your book comes out about the bad okay. guys in the Bible and what the church can learn from them. Jonathan, thanks for your time today. God bless you, brother. Oh, Thanks for having me. It was right. good to be with you. Oh, You're most welcome. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Um Guys, I'm going to jump ahead to next week and just tease some of the guests that we have. I just can't wait to speak to many of these friends in the faith, these troublemakers for the kingdom of God, including Linda Harvey at Mission America. Also, the Reverend James Harden. We call him Jim. Jim Harden from Compass Care in Buffalo, New York. He's got an update for us. It's just amazing what he has gone through with the FBI and and uh, since his um, Compass Care uh, Pro Life Pregnancy Center was firebombed like seven months ago or something like that. Anyway, Brad Mattis of Life Issues Institute, you'll hear from him, from him next week. Jim Fletcher, we're going to have an Israel Day. And that happens to be Mary Danielson's birthday next Tuesday. And uh, tomorrow, we want to just uh, get you guys prepped for a dear friend of mine. She's back on the podcast, Heidi Saint. John. I just did an interview with her about a month or two ago. You can check that out over at her website, HeidiStJohn.com, her podcast. I love her theme, uh, Get Off the Bench and Into the Game. Christian, we are not here just to uh, be isolated or just to do our own, be lone rangers and whatever. We are here to be salt and light and share the gospel, and we've got work to do, friends. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.